Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, September 20th. This is episode number 216. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, uh, normally ask how you're doing. Um, you know, this week's been a little bit different, you know, with the events. So I guess, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll get to how we're doing. Um, right. You know, uh, we've had a couple days um, since since the game on uh, Monday. So so we'll go over that. But uh, right. Um, I, I guess uh, I guess where, where are your thoughts right now? We just need to move on. We need to. We, there's, it's a long season. Um, we need to um, put put the anger, the frustration, um, the the sadness, everything that that transpired in that Monday night game behind us now, um, and and move forward with the season. I mean, there's there's still 15 games to go in the regular season, and the Browns need to get their house in order quickly. Um, you know, it's funny. You talk about the, the peaks and valleys, or the, you know, how, how the NFL season can be a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. After that first game, I, I, I felt like, you know, man, this, this team looks solid that they could probably beat anybody in the league. And then, you know, the next week you watch that Monday night game and, it, and it's, you know, it's a complete 180. You know, it's like, geez, I don't know if we'll ever win another game. You know, so what we have to do is is find a happy medium to that and and, you know, just try to get ready for next week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so so we're going to we're going to talk through a bunch of things here. I mean, um, you know, it, it's been a rough couple of days and, you know, it's not just us. It's it's really the whole fan base and, you know, and. and not just the fan base. I'm sure it's it's the team. You know, everybody in the building. Um, it's it's Nick and everybody else. So so uh, to help us uh, talk things out, we have our good friend David Evan Smith, uh, good enough to join us again, kind of on short notice, um, but always willing to to help out and come and hang out with us and have a beverage. So so David, thanks for. Thanks for sitting in with us tonight, and uh, I guess how are things going for you? Uh, Mike, thanks again for having me. Um, love being on the the show with you guys. It's always a, a good uh, a good time. Although this is more, I feel like a uh, a morning show or a, uh, a a therapy session that we need to you know yeah. uh, dig- digest mm-hmm. and and diffuse a few uh, feelings and thoughts and and frustrations. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I was meant to meet up because, of course, the Monday night game was uh, Tuesday morning here. I was meant to meet up with the uh, Browns backers here in Melbourne. And the boys went to our usual pub. And uh, unfortunately, as you can still hear, I'm still getting over whatever I had. Um, uh, sort of a bit of a chest infection, throat infection, you know, so I've got that uh, husky uh, call any time voice at the moment um and i sat there watching it and as i just said to you in the green room from that opening play my heart just sunk um and then you move forward to to nick's injury 
And I knew straight away, as soon as I saw he which way he went, that that was his ACL minimum, minimum ACL, never mind the fact that I, I wasn't even 100% sure that it was the same knee that he damaged in Georgia. And then when I got clarification that it was, I basically just, I was gutted. Um, like a lot of like a lot of people, I've seen people talking about it on 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 Twitter and, and on Facebook in the Browns groups there as well. That it, it, it everyone just had that same uh, collective um, sucking of the essence of your life. Uh, and I know it's only football, but for Nick, it's potentially his career. And he's he's one bloke that we've all looked at as. I would have him as a son in a heartbeat. He would be your best mate. You would do anything for him. He's caused no trouble. He's yeah. done everything right. He, you know, supports charities. He supports the SIDS charity that he, he lost his, I think it was one of his nephews to um, a number of years ago through his Chubb cereal and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the outpouring of emotion from fans is justified. Because we've watched him develop. You know, some of us watched him through college, but as soon as we got him, there was a few people that questioned that pick. And then when we saw him when we got when he got into that game, I think it was in the against the Raiders, when Carlos Hyde uh, was taken out and he scored those touchdowns. He he did a hundred yard run. And then the next game they benched him essentially and put Carlos back in. It was not until, you know, later in that season that Dorsey stamped his foot and told uh, them to get rid of Hyde in the towards the trade deadline, and Nick took over the RB one spot, and ha- we have not looked back. He yeah. he is the epitome, and, and I've heard so many people say it from all different sorts of media. You have fifty three Nick Chubbs, you're never going to have a problem. You might not win all the Super Bowls, you know, but you're going to have a damn good team every single week, you know, in and out. So, you know, I, I've, I've, like you guys, have been um, – I had a flurry of Twitter after it happened and a, and a few thoughts, you know, yesterday that have been percolating away. But I'm kind of trying to stay away from it because I think we all know um, that there's a real turning point coming this week against the Titans – out of their 53, it's something like 21 of them are undrafted free agents or recycled players, um, including one of our former linemen, um, the one that played for Cincinnati. His name just escapes me. Um, I keep going to say James Hudson, but it's not. It's the other one, Hubbard. Hubbard's, Hubbard's on their O-line. They don't look much chop, but my goodness, neither did we. Our offense was just an absolute, to put no finer point on it, a shit show. It was disgusting to watch, apart from a couple of, you know, uh, that 68 yard run by um, the new RB1. Uh, by Ford. Ford, yeah. By Ford, yeah, that's it. Yep. Put your trust in Ford. Fix or repair daily. Let's hope that's not the case. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> an old automotive joke. Um, yeah. uh, right. and, and, um, and and um, some great work by Amari Cooper again and and Elijah Moore. But I still can't get over this 
inability of four to use the middle of the field. You know, I don't know how you boys, if you boys have looked at any of the replays or anything like that or, or sort of, but I've had a look at that opening play and I know some people are taking pot shots at people using it as an excuse, but upon watching it, yeah, it did look like it got deflected, but why the Blazers on the opening play against your most, most feared, and I'm going to say feared because I reckon... A lot of Browns teams over the years, over the last 25 years, have been scared of Pittsburgh, and rightly so. You know, drop-kicking, I think it was AB, drop-kicked our punter or our kicker. Um, uh, James Harrison absolutely destroying couch. Um, among like, ca- yeah, among three, four other guys. Uh, among three, four other guys, correct, yeah. yeah. I just remember those big, that big hit, and, a, and a, I think he even fell on him and dropped an elbow into the back of his head or forearm into the back of the head, which didn't go punished as per usual. Um, yeah. and, and I think there was a bit of fear there, and, and obviously Nick's injury sucked the wind out of it, but the D didn't give up. That defence was amazing. Now, I had, I had an issue with that. Um, now, some people are going to say it was an amazing play, and it was, that... Denzel Ward caused that fumble, but Denzel also stopped Grant Delpit from scoring more yards and possibly scoring a touchdown. If you look at that footage, Denzel gets the hit. What's the first thing you do? He gets up and starts showboating, and Delpit runs into the back of him. Instead of instead of Ward having his head on a swivel to see if anyone's coming in behind him, because Delpit's played a perfect safety role. He's hung back. He's watched. He's waited for the hit. He's Determined that it was football moves because the guy caught it and took at least three or four steps, equaling football moves. Denzel's delivered a perfect hit, almost like that slide he did a couple of years ago in Cincinnati where he went under the receiver to get a burrow, I think it was, or the, or the running back, uh, Mixon, on that perfect slide and underneath tackle. Can't fault that, but he got up to showboat, which is all good and well because he probably thought it was a PBU except for the fact that he was like eight yards behind the line of scrimmage and Paul Delpit's run into the back of him, which then gave them time to catch up. And then what do we do? Three plays and a kick for a field goal. Grind it out. You know, I mean, Stefanski, I don't know. I don't know how you guys are starting to feel, but I'm really losing faith in him. I, I was teetering last year that giant Denny's menu that he keeps wandering around with and whispering into as if it's going to give him some secret formula to fix this mess, it goes for three pass plays essentially in the red zone? Why? That doesn't make any sense. That's not analytics. And if it is and it's coming from Deep Podesta, him and his crew need to go because it's completely uh, befuddling Deshaun I'm sure that's where some of Deshaun's frustrations are coming from, is the is the play calling. But also, you know, Jed Wills, I mean, goodness gracious, the list is growing. We thought some of these problems had been solved. I don't know about you boys, but, you know, I can see, see half a dozen problems that can be fixed and need to be fixed before the trade deadline. Wills needs to be benched for starters. He's got to go. Stefanski's got to give up the play calling or rely less on Dee Podesta and his mind-numbingly idiotic analytics that clearly are not even remotely in the theme or flow of a football game because they couldn't stop the run. Nick Chubb had, what, uh, five or six carries, seven carries for 60, 70 yards before his injury? 
Yep. They couldn't stop the run. The, the, 10 carries, right, 64 yards, David. Well, there you go. Six point, six point, yeah. There you go, 10. 6.4 yards a carry. I think that that, that Grant Delpit um, scoop and almost score, I think that ended up on the 22, didn't it? Something like that, 22, 25? Yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. essentially red zone. A chance to move the ball and get up on them a whole score. Just – That was an absolute killer. And the, the, the killer – play there was um, us getting a holding call. Oh, my Lord. These DeJuan holding Jones, calls. DeJuan Jones got called for holding on a, on a running play. Mm. Um, I mean, you can, you can question play calling and everything, but, but when, you know, you, you're, you're playing a right – you're starting a rookie at right tackle, and he gets called for holding on a running play. Yes. And, and that just absolutely killed the scoring opportunity there. Uh, look, the, there's plenty of blame to go around in this game. Um, you know, the, this team was its own worst enemy on Monday Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just the, the offense was – it's funny because when you look at the game stats, okay, um, Pittsburgh did nothing offensively in this game. Nothing. 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 Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. I mean, this no. is this is two games in a row where our defense has has really shut down the opponent. Okay, and correct. Then, and and all our offense needed to do was take care of the ball. Okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yardage. Uh, we we rushed for almost two hundred yards in this game. I mean, you, you talk about Nick Chubb. You know, six point four yards per carry. Jerome Ford came in and averaged six point six. Yeah. Okay. We fantastic. Were, we were, we were blowing the Steelers off the line in, in, in the run game, okay? Problem was we couldn't pass pro. Nope. And and Watson was giving up the pocket, I mean, barely barely after he got the snap, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, and, and you know, when, when, you're, when your offense looks like a fire drill, okay, um, that's when you end up with four turnovers. You know, so, so I think what needs to happen with this offense is – the game needs to slow down in terms of the mental aspect and the pace needs to pick up. We're, yep. we're taking way too long for plays to develop. When we, when we watched Jacoby last year, when he was sort of, you know, in a sweet spot, plays happen fast. Mm-hmm. You know, they execute guys are where they're supposed to be. Plays happen fast. You get up to the line of scrimmage, you go. Right. Um, Right now, this this offense is is in quicksand. I mean, I, I thought quicksand would be a much bigger problem when I was a kid, but yep, you'll maybe the Browns are dying in quicksand right now because the offense can't get out of its own way. And no. you know, we gave we we gifted the Steelers fourteen points. Absolutely, we gifted them fourteen points. Okay, um, without doing that, if you look at every other aspect of the game, we win that game. Despite Absolutely. how awful that game was, I mean, I made the comment to Rod at the end of the first quarter. I said that is absolutely the worst quarter of football I've ever seen in my life. That's because you teams. hadn't seen the other three quarters yet, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> and then and then Chubb got hurt, and I said, Jesus, just when you think things can't get any worse, you know? Um, I mean, yeah. I, I fully expected the network to to go to the other game at some point because it was so awful as a fan yeah. to sit and watch that game i mean it was yeah. it was putrid as far as you know execution uh 
penalties, discipline. turnovers, lack of discipline. Yes. Lack of discipline. I mean, oh, my, my God, these are professional football players. And it goes back to, I think that the commentators were driving me crazy, but they, they had a point mm. that these guys don't play in the preseason. And now, you know, if, if you've got, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and you've run the same offense for 18 seasons, okay, that's one thing. Okay, yes. But when you're constantly integrating a bunch of new guys and and there's no familiarity, and, and you can't do that on the practice field. Back me up, David. I mean, you, you got to have yep. live game reps, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. You and, need to have for, blokes that are trying to take your head off. Yeah, uh, so not, not your mate, not your mates that are honing their skills as well. You need like, right. those practices against Philly and whoever else that actually will get you know, and that's why they get heated. That's why there's a little bit of argy bargy, yeah. and that's how it should be. But my God, yeah, the discipline, uh, and that comes from no ramifications. Clearly, oh, they run gases. Whoop de do. Right. You know, I mean, they're, just... they're built to run gases. There has to be some benchings. There has to be some shake-ups, like, right. you know, yeah. including yeah. for disciplinary action on Stefanski because that, some of that play calling is beyond idiotic. Uh, I tweeted out at one point, I'm waiting to go back to one of the offences that we ran when I was playing, you know, I-formation strong right, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was just... It was just, and I don't know, yeah. and, and I hear I hear from a number of journos on a number of different uh, formats that the has that Jimmy can't keep his fingers out of the pie. I do wonder how much Jimmy's involved and 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 wanting to try and run this this thing because we all know that he's been a micromanager for a thousand years. Um, I, I just I just don't know, but I, I feel like we rely far too heavily on the analytics. We don't go with the flow of the game. You know, there would have been no way in, in, in on any day that I would have run three pass plays in an almost red zone situation that early in the game with the, the potential of, of really, you know, Sending right. a message to them to go, hey, we're really here. We're going to sort you guys After the out. way the game started, you had to score there. Yes. You know, if you don't score there, I just I think it's a it becomes a progressively insurmountable hole to dig yourself out of as the game 100%. wore on, and 100%. and and the inability to to capitalize on that turnover. Um, I mean, yeah, missed missed field goal later. Um, you know, plenty of stupid things, right? But but that's the kind of series that you know a team that that has some history, uh, has some some time together, has won together, uh, recognizes that opportunity, recognizes what has to happen there. And yep. you just you just can't have, you know, your right tackle getting called for holding and putting you in a bad situation now. And and then your quarterback taking sacks and getting knocked even further out of field goal range. You know, yep. I'll say it again. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had one offensive play in this game. Correct. And that was a, that was a breakdown on our behalf. Pickens was, that was one offensive play where we, we decided for, for some unknown reason to, to go into zone and, and they split the zone on us and, and we couldn't catch up to Pickens. Okay. Yeah, um, right. Otherwise, I mean, they made two 50 plus yard field goals. 
they they did absolutely nothing offensively. Um, nope. Mo- we minus had, seven yards in the last quarter. Right. We had we yeah. had and they everything still in our favor with with the exception of just plain old being boneheads. And yes. you know yeah. we're going to have to go back to awarding the bonehead award, Rod. Been you know a couple well, seasons. I mean, you know, but, there really wasn't a reason to do it last week. Um, if you want to, if you want to do it this week, you know, we can well, certainly do it. I, I, I could, oh, you know, I, I I'll give you time to think about wills. it. there aren't enough of them. You know, I, I would have to, you know, I'd have to give out probably a dozen of them. You know, because <laughs> yeah. it was so pathetic this week. Yes, you know, there wasn't yeah. a clear, clear person to blame. You know, in my yeah, mind. I get, I mean, but yeah, geez. Yeah. So guys, I was on, I was on the donut bag with Joey Bag of Donuts, um, you know Pittsburgh uh, Steelers guy who's been yeah. on our show many times, um, you know. And I think the last question he asked me was, you know, because he asked me, you know, who I thought would win and everything. And of course, I said the Browns. I said, you know, you know, and he's like. Because, you know, he's like pretty much everything pointed in the Browns' favor. He goes, you know, how would how would you see it happen if the Steelers, you know, would actually win this game? And and I haven't listened to it again, but I think if, if we went back and listened to it, I think it would be pretty prophetic because it was <laughs> pretty much the kind of stuff that would happen. I said, you know, if things went wrong early and, and you know, and, and Steelers kind of got in the Browns' head and— you know, and, and that that's pretty much what happens. But and it's not that I'm a prophet. It's that that's what happens in these games. Right? Oh, absolutely. And the Browns, Browns seem to Browns themselves almost. Uh, if there's some absolute minute uh, uh, statistical anomaly, it's almost <laughs> like we bloody aim for it. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, like how can we possibly the, the lose game. this game and Correct. and check off all these other boxes where we win every statistical category in the game? Correct. I mean, now it's easy to lose a game when you have four turnovers. We know yes. that, you know. So that that's the worst thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I think we're giving I think we're giving the Steelers just too much credit here. I, the Browns oh. lost this game. Okay? Absolutely. The Browns lost this game. Um, yeah, they lost. They lost the game in, in in every way except physicality, Rod. That's that's what the Steelers bring. And I think after getting spanked by the 49ers, oh, this was angry. a this was a statement by the Steelers defense that that they were going yeah. to play physical, they were going to beat us up, and and you know, other than that, they did nothing. They, they they played physical. They intimidated us like like they always do when we go to Pittsburgh. And we let them freaking do it. And, and our guys no folded their tent. Our guys our guys packed their bag and, and went home. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And now now it was it wasn't as bad a give up as that opening round uh, a couple of years back when we played Tennessee, where Kirko tore his uh, pectoral in, in like the yeah. third or fourth play. Where they gave up at at half time, and that was obvious. Um, yeah. But it, it felt like that that offense, you know, oh well, we've lost Nick. Oh well, we've lost, you know. And every, like I said, every statistical anomaly that could occur occurred yeah. again, like it did in the Jets. You know, we were ninety eight point seven five percent chance of winning the game. No, we're not. We're the Browns. We can we can lose 
in ways that haven't been invented yet. You know, well, hold, as they say in the classics, hold my beer. You know, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, the Browns almost they remind me of they remind me of of our mom, Jeff, because mom used to always get worried when they would tell her medically that that there's a 99 percent chance that, you know, that she was going to be OK with this thing. She's like, well, crap, right. I'm, I'm always the one percent. Right. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. know it. And yeah. the Browns are in a similar situation, um, you know, and. Now, guys, don't get me wrong in this because the Browns didn't lose this game because of penalties. But, but damn it, the holding calls, the Browns got called for how many holding calls? And the Steelers were holding the Browns defensive line on damn near every play. And I don't think they called it once. No, they had, a, I think they had five penalties. Were any of them holding against the, the Browns, you know, on, on their offensive linemen? That, that I don't remember. And I don't remember. I remember watching. Now, Miles has got a lot yeah, of false starts. For. Yeah, yeah it, it was constant, and they're yeah. calling our guys on on you know w- plays that to where yeah you could throw a flag okay but you can always throw a flag you know Correct, yes and, and the so Steelers they got, they got were late with some stuff yeah thirty one yards yeah so anytime the penalties are um, when you know when, when there's a that much of a variance in the penalties it, it bothers me you know I. If you're going to call holding on one team, call on the other team. That's all I ask. That's, that's just, all. That's just a given in, in Pittsburgh. Just a given. And that's bull yep. crap. It's going to happen in Pittsburgh every game. The NFL needs to do better. Yeah, they just I do. I, I don't it, give it, a damn. But Who's it's not financially anything? viable for them to do better. It doesn't bode for them financially to do better. Um, for whatever reason, it, it, it's driven by the dollar value. I think. I think. I think. You know, people say that. And obviously, you know, I'm not born and raised Cleveland. I, I chose Cleveland, um, you know, as, as we've discussed in the past. That's been, and my, yeah. been my team ever, you know, ever since the uh, the, the, the mid to late '80s. Um, yeah. um, I, I certainly believe that, you know, and this is where Rod, you and I were joking uh, earlier <coughs> about me, and I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat that I think we shot ourselves in the foot all those years ago by making the league look stupid um, with the, the community rallying and the demanding of the team name and titles and everything uh, stay in Cleveland. I don't think – now, I know it wasn't um, Roger then, but he was an underling or a, 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 the next in line to the throne when all that went down. Uh, I think that made them look uh, stupid and foolish and and they have been punishing us essentially ever since for whatever reason. Combine that with the fact that Jacksonville and Carolina, when they came into the league, both made uh, playoffs within quick succession with many, and this is what a lot of people don't discuss and people don't remember, they had many, many, many uh, draft um, uh, benefits mm. being uh, in in that uh, early part of being a developmental or, or um, you know expansion team. So yeah, they got expansion yeah. draft. Cleveland yeah. didn't get afforded any of those benefits of of um, having being able to 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 raid other teams. Uh, right. Playing rosters, 
yeah. team got thrown together at the last minute. Chris Paul was not the expansion uh, draft. Yeah, no. I mean it was it was nothing. a cluster the way and the team we, and was we got the first pick. Together. And that was it. That was right. it. We got yeah. the first pick, but you're not yeah. getting, and and that was what came out of the league was you're not getting the benefits because you're not an expansion team. Well, right. technically we were because right. you took everything off us. Conveniently, Art Nadell had had sweet talked and and uh, um, kissed enough butt up at New in New York to to almost have a free run of stuff when he went to Baltimore. Um, you know. People don't talk about that. So I think there's a number of points where we've embarrassed the league um, with the, the lunch pail mentality of the vast majority of Cleveland Browns fans that are, uh, you know, mum and dad operations that, that don't tolerate being bullied. However, we're being bullied all the time now by <laughs> the league, yeah. the umpiring. I mean, I go back and, and, and look at things like uh, the, Duke, the, the Duke Johnson um, lost ball play. Against new uh, against the the Washington Redskins uh, in about the 2015-2016 season, you know um, they had a chance to review it. They chose not to. The woman who called that terrible play ended up being a Super Bowl referee a few years later and was being lauded for that. Um, she made probably one of the greatest cluster bomb mistakes refing, you know. There. Never mind the. I mean, I know that the Rams and the Saints will talk about the. The pass interference, that brought in a new rule. When we tried to use it, it got flagged down every time. Nobody wanted to use it in the end. Yeah. You know, I, I just think... You could, yeah. you could certainly make a case, David, that, that the Browns have been the league's whipping boys for 24 years. Absolutely. Um, I think fans in Detroit probably feel the same way. Um, I think Bears fans probably feel the same way. Um, the, the reality is, though, is that, that none of that made us turn the ball over four times. And as as much as you hate the way games are officiated and, you know, you hate the things that certain teams seem to get away with, um, you know, the just the, the unsportsmanlike things that, that tend to always happen in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that's just sort of a sort of a, a chip on their shoulder that you know that they can get away with those kinds of things um, all the time perennially um, again though that that's not what this game boiled down to this no, game no, didn't no. boil down to you know us not being able to, to, to keep pace with them offensively or defensively you know our defense clearly kept us in this game uh, our offense gave it away. Yep. Just by not taking care of the damn football. And yep. until we figure out how to take care of the football, it's really hard to, to you know, call the right plays, to, to complain about the officiating, to all these other things. First and foremost, we got to take care of the damn football. Absolutely. And I can't argue yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, we it's, are it's... Uh, we're about a half hour in. David, let's talk about our drinks real quick. <laughs> we forgot an important yes. segment. We we we, we, we well, got off onto a we got off onto a tent, we got off onto a flying star. And that's all right. And that's all right. Yeah, we're <laughs> we we were flying unscripted tonight. We all needed completely. to vent. I mean, we don't use a we don't really use a script. We use more kind of kind of a couple of bullet points when we when we do this thing. But but yeah, yeah. let's uh, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about what you're drinking. I uh, am having. A 
alcoholic lemonade. I've got uh, plenty, plenty to do this afternoon because it's just uh, about eleven thirty uh, here in the morning. So I've got, uh, I've got plenty to do, and I need to drive. So I don't want to be um, uh, tiptoeing around from the law. So <laughs> it's a a, a four point five percent. Uh, essentially, I think it's one or one and a half, uh, 1.3 standard drinks. Uh, it's actually one of our most popular. Um, now, we call them soft drinks. I, I don't know if we've discussed this. This is a, a, a comical uh, conversation I enjoy watching that turns up on Twitter every now and again is pop versus soda versus soda pop. We in Australia have always referred to them as soft drinks because, well, there's no alcohol in them. So they're soft, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, 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 to me, made perfect sense. And uh, to some of uh, uh, my American friends, uh, they've gone, "Oh yeah, no, that does kind of make sense because you guys <laughs> drink a lot of alcohol." And I go, "Well, yes, but also it's indicated that we can let the kids drink them without thinking they're having anything too super special." Um, <laughs> so it's one of our one of our very famous um, uh, lemon flavored soft drinks or lemonade sort of things called solo and there's some very cool um old school videos running around on youtube from the 70s and 80s it used to be it used to be the manly man drink to have um you could it was slam it down fast or something along those lines was the uh, was the catch cry uh for for drinking solo um and um they've now made it and turned it into an alcoholic lemonade so it's sort of a crushed lemon um alcoholic lemonade and it goes down quite nicely it sounds refreshing. It is. It is. Yeah. I am not drinking a soft drink. I'm drinking. I guess I'm drinking a hard drink. So, even though nobody says that, um, <laughs> I'm drinking a. I'm drinking a beer. I'm drinking a honey brown. Um, I. I don't have anything left. I haven't had on the show, but I've got plenty of beer in the fridge. So I'm just kind of, uh, just grabbing what I have, guys. And um, this is a 24-ounce uh, a can because I thought David was going to bring a couple of beers, but um, but he's got other plants today, so that's okay. Um, no problem there. But um, the hun Honey Brown's really good, so um, it's a nice drink. I, it doesn't show the alcohol percentage on it. I don't think it's real high. It's probably 5% or, or, you know, maybe not even that. So, um, but, it, but it's a good beer, so I'm enjoying that. Um, Jeff, what do you have going on over there? I'm just rolling back this um, orange water with um, vanilla that I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. become a new favorite for me. Awesome, that's great. That's great. So, so guys, let, let's. Uh, you know, we've talked a bit about the game. Um, you know, and I mean, and David, you've, you've talked about Nick Chubb and that, but let's uh, let's get into that topic um, because I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, I, I probably couldn't have even talked about this last night just because I was so. Um, I mean, I I just I was pretty distraught over this thing. Um, you know, I've had a time to I've had a little bit of time to digest it and it's not like i'm over this you know this is gonna <laughs> i don't think i'll ever get over seeing this happen especially if if nick isn't able to play again um mm. but but you know um 
it's not something you get over. It's it's like other things. You learn to live with them, and you got to move on. Um, it's just you know it it happened, but um, I just the severity of the injury um, and just knowing who Nick Chubb is. I mean, you know, as much as I know him from a fan standpoint, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously don't know him personally. Um, but just appreciating him for the for the person he is and everything that he represents as a player, um, and knowing that he's been through a similar injury on the same leg before, um, it doesn't get any more heartbreaking. Just you know, just um, I just you get to a point where you just can't even express in words what you're feeling. You know how hard it is to watch and to think about. Um, how sad it is to see this happen to this guy in his prime. A guy mm-hmm. that, that, that there's nobody more beloved in Cleveland, I don't think, than Nick Chubb. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some people may say, you know, that Miles is her favorite player. Somebody else, everybody loves Nick Chubb. I don't Correct. think you find anybody anywhere that doesn't love Nick Chubb. And, you know, and I posted a lot of stuff on Twitter Um about this and I had a lot I had I started getting a lot of people replying to me you know who um who were fans of his from University of Georgia and I've never interacted with these people before and they're they're telling me stories about him and um it just it just makes you love the guy even more um I mean he is as beloved now down in Georgia I think as when he played there they say Mm -hmm. they say that 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 he's he's like the favorite player out of Georgia ever is what mm-hmm. people are saying. Wow. Um, so it's just crushing to see it happen to this guy in his prime. Yeah. So, right. Right. So um wanted to give you guys each chance just to to get some thoughts out. Um so Jeff. I think Rod it just it shows the how um tenuous the NFL is and, and, you know, how a career can turn on a play. Um, we kept Nick Chubb in bubble wrap throughout the preseason. We talked about it quite a bit. Um, yeah. And, you know, five quarters in, he's done for the year. Um, it, it You never know when these kinds of things are going to take place. And, um, you know, from Nick's perspective, um, you know, I don't, there's plenty of time to, to talk about, you know, what the outlook is and, and so forth. Um, I know he's a hard worker. I know he's done this rehab once already. Um, the likelihood of, of, I, I think him coming back and being the same player and, and, you know, putting this behind him is, is very good. So I'm in his corner. I'm rooting for him to, you know, get through the the rehab and, and get back on track and, and, you know, come back the Nick Chubb that we know and love next year. Um, as far as that play goes, um, you know, it could have happened any time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about the trend. I'm concerned about the fact that, you know, this is now 
three games in a row where we've seen a player go down for the season. Um, and when you, you know when you start losing star players like this, um, yeah, you know, at some point you you just can't backfill enough. You know, I mean, we saw hmm. the drop off um, with you know with Conklin going down last week. Everybody was excited about seeing Dewan Jones play tonight. You know, I, on last week's show, I said, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. The guy's a rookie. Um, the league's going to catch up to him. And I think he kind of got schooled. Um, he got a great PFF grade. <laughs> he did. Well, yeah. Um, Just throwing that out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think running back is is probably a position where it's a little bit easier for the next guy to step in and still have some success. I mean, he, you know, you're not going to get Nick Chubb's level, obviously, but, you know, I feel like we can, we can still have a solid running game, you know, well, now that we saw on Kareem too, right. Let's see I mean, what's, let's see what's in that tank. We, we can cover that separately. I mean, um, I yeah. think, I think, you know, I feel good about our ability as a football team to run the ball. And, you know, obviously, like I said, losing Nick Chubb um, is a big deal. Um, more so from a, a team leadership standpoint. Um, I hope Kareem can bring some of that back, um, mm-hmm. at least in that room. Um, but for Nick, it's just about now doing the work and and getting himself back on track so that he can come back i mean we've talked so many times you know of of you know the, where he was trending uh you know career wise all time wise you know as far as the team goes yeah i think the other thing it does is it makes you really appreciate more what jim brown was able to do mm. Because he it had does. to stay healthy to do it. It does, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's sad. It, it you know it kind of it ripped my heart out when it happened. Um, but now the team has to refocus and move on. And like David said, you know this the next most important game is coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, um, David. Anything you'd like to add now? No, I mean it's it's love, <clears throat> lovely to hear. That the um, Georgia folk are, are reaching out and, and have have sort of made contact with you to to let us know, you know, what we already had suspicions of that he was a great human or is a great human. I shouldn't speak in past yeah. tense. He is a great human um, and has achieved a level of of almost mythical greatness by being quiet, humble, uh, no nonsense. As I said, the lunch pail kind of bloke that you would stand next to, whether it was in a in a corporate setting or on a battlefield, you know, he's a guy who you would would trust. Um, it's yeah. just gut wrenching. You're right. The the locker room, and I'm glad it, it is Kareem because he's obviously a hell of a lot more vocal than uh, um, Nick, but he's also a lunch pail kind of guy, a little bit a bit more flashy and whatever else, but that's okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe that could be the galvanizing factor that we can have 
someone who's not exactly like Nick, but got a little bit of Nick's ethos about him uh, and probably has learnt it from Nick, to be honest, you know, with his coming back, with his trials and tribulations through his life. Um, hopefully some of that chubbisms uh, or chubness has rubbed off onto Kareem and, and we're going to see some positivity there because I th we all need it. Let's be honest. We're all, we're all hurting in our own way. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a very, very unusual thing for us to be so emotional and so um, uh, invested in, in, well, one, a running back. And I guess the, the Cleveland side of that is obviously the, the legendary Jim Brown. Uh, and we loved the, what Nick was doing in sort of the, the same game vein, not lifestyle vein, but same game vein as, mm -hmm. as, uh, as Jim. Um, and now we've lost that for at least a year and, and hopefully, hopefully not the, his career, you know? Um, yeah, that's just, yeah, I got no that. Really, I, don't know. I feel like I'm just going to end up repeating myself, so I'll stop. Well, what's interesting, I think, is, yeah. um, you know, last week when Conklin went down, there was almost a collective, well, you know, we kind of expected this. You yeah, know? and we'll be okay. Um, he's yeah. come back so many times, he'll come back and, and you know, um, we'll plug and play the next guy and we'll be okay, right? And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and then, then, you know, this week it's Nick Chubb and it's like, oh, shit, you know, Superman just got his kryptonite and and you know this isn't supposed to happen to him you know correct um it was never expected we you know we thought nick was going to just continue to rip off you know six to eight yards of carry for you know the foreseeable future and i i think that's probably why it hit all of us so hard is because he's the last guy that we would have expected to go down with this kind of an injury you know we're i think yeah we're just I, we're in, in a state of shock because we we didn't think it was possible. I think so. Yeah. And you know when uh, after the play when Nick was there holding his knee, um, I'm just waiting for him to get up. You know because his teammates are trying to help him get up. And yeah, you see like, him as like, so no. indestructible. You see him lifting this weight, and right. you just think this guy's got you know he is built like. You know, like like nobody, tank. you know, like a tank. I'm thinking, how can this guy be hurt? You know, like this. It's just got to be, you know, it's got to be something minor. You know, he's going to be okay. And then, and then they start talking about the play, and, and and your mind just starts going, and it's like, it's like what? You know, how this how this happen? So I heard the, I heard the scream, and I knew that it wasn't good when I heard the scream. Um, and we all know Nick doesn't say much. Uh, oh. And what what I what I found really interesting, and I'll put my tinfoil hat back on. And people have brought it up, and I'm a little bit um, I don't know I don't know how I feel about it. So I'm just going to air it, and you boys can correct me if you think I'm way off base or whatever. They said in the broadcast that they weren't going to replay it due to its horrific nature. Now, to me, I automatically went, well, that's horse hockey because they replayed at least half a dozen times last year. I'm pretty sure it was last year. might have been the year before. When uh, – surname's White something. He, play, he was a safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he had a compound fracture of the forearm and elbow uh, trying to do a PBU uh, mm -hmm. in a Monday night game 
and they kept mm-hmm. focusing in. I have a photo of it on my phone. I use it as a, um, a, a training tool for, for when I have students in, in my role. Um, mm-hmm. But it ended up being, and they showed it multiple times. You had ulna and radius were both coming out, as I said, a compound, so an exposed fracture of the elbow. They replayed that half a dozen times. Right? Yeah. I went yeah. with the fact that there was a couple of people on Twitter that instantly went, they're not showing that because that's a Steelers dirty play. And ever since that got, it sort of got floated, there has been far too many people defending Minka Fitzpatrick for yeah. that play. Right. Now, someone raised a, an interesting point. I can't remember if it was in a written article in a, or in a, a podcast slash radio show um, that wasn't he recently almost ejected from a game maybe towards the end of last year uh, for two helmet-to-helmet contacts almost back-to-back. Um, for someone, and, and I'm not saying that that's happened because I'm only going on information that was sort of uh, touted on said show, so I can't confirm or deny it, but I am curious to it. And we all know, as we were talking about earlier in the show, um, Pittsburgh's um, history shall right. we say, of, of um, questionable, dubious behaviour on the field. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I don't think it was um, completely innocent, uh, but I don't think had he have known the outcome of his actions, would he have done it the same way, in my humble opinion. Minka, that is. Yeah. Jeff, you want to go next or you want me to go next? I, I, I think I've said enough about how I feel about the Steelers players um, and, yeah. and the reputation. Uh, you know, James Harrison was, in my mind, the, the dirtiest player that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I think a lot of that culture has, has carried on with the Steelers' defense. I think um, so. So, you know, when, when you tackle a guy and, you know, you, you go low, I mean, I understand, you know, running backs, you, you almost have to go low with these guys sometimes, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but everybody knows how the human knee works. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and which direction it bends and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's a very fragile joint. Um, and for, you know, make a Fitzpatrick to actually injure himself because he hit Nick Chubb so hard in the knee, um, tells me that, yeah, yeah, tells me that that you know he he had a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and from what I saw on Twitter and just hearing, you know, some people are of the opinion that he launched himself, you know, um, which you're not supposed to do, anyways. All right. Right. Um, well, we know how well that went for us against uh, KC, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the no helmet to helmet contact. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That, that's um, the the disgusting thing about this whole game is that you know you don't turn on the TV to watch that kind of stuff. You know, nope. you you want to see well executed football games. You want you want to see right. guys doing what they're good at. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You not, don't want to see guys going out there and, and doing boneheaded things, um, fumbling the ball, um, you know, false starting. And you certainly don't want to see guys trying to hurt other guys. That's, nope. that's not what 
professional sports or any sports at any level is about. So this game pretty much just put all that stuff into into one bucket of crap for Mm -hmm. me. And and, you know, now all you can do is flush it. Yeah, I agree. I guess I I put out a tweet and I I you know I I said that um, more or less I didn't care about the game. Um, all that mattered, you know, and this was I think um, either Monday night or or Tuesday morning. That all that mattered was Nick Chubb, and he didn't deserve what he got. And I'm sick and tired of of uh, Steelers players taking out our guys. And mm-hmm. and. Um, I, you know what? I eventually had to had to mute the conversation because I got tired of being called names by Steelers fans. Um, <laughs> right. You know that I was disrespecting Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, right. You know what? And, and that I was crying about stuff um, and and things like this. You know what? Yeah. Um, I respect uh, I respect people who looked at this play. And not people who just jumped to the defense of Micah Fitzpatrick, okay? Uh, Jake Burns spent a lot of time looking at this, and he said the more he looked at it, the more he felt it was it was a dirty play. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, um, Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson's about the only national guy who came out and, and said that this was a dirty play, okay? He, mm-hmm. he tweeted and, and – uh, Reply to Ryan Clark, who of course is going to defend the Steelers. <laughs> Wrong Clark's a defenders. Clown. Yeah, so yeah, big shock that he's going to defend a Steelers defensive back. You know, yeah. <laughs> but but Nate Nate put a very just a great answer out, and you know Nate played the game. Nate understands, and and you know what, I believe these guys, not a bunch of clowns who are going to start calling me names and, and defending. They're guys at all costs. So hey, they, they're the same clowns that I, that defended um, Mason. Oh, same thing. Right. Yeah, and and yeah, you know, a bunch and, of people had to parabol- start bringing that, that up parabolic, to me too. Yeah, that parabolic yeah. mic um, uh, sound, you know, sound that, that suddenly didn't work. That suddenly didn't work. Now, right. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I've heard you guys discuss it. Um, right. You've watched the the quarterback show. Yeah. Um, we've watched we've watched hard knocks for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Those parabolic mics they pick up a lot. Yeah, oh, they pick that, up a lot. That, yeah, it's that in, audio. It's yeah, it's like the uh, what is it? The it's a uh, Bruder film. Or or the um, what are they? The the the, the Nixon tapes or are they something else? What yeah. am I thinking? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, Water, Watergate. Watergate. Yeah. The, yes, the missing yeah. few minutes. It, it's it's uncanny. Yeah. How how it much doesn't this... just disappear. This stuff happens in Steelers games. It's just uncanny. Yeah, yeah, and oh. and, and and that that's where I, I came with with the uh, with the hit being removed from the replay, or sorry, you know, not being replayed on the right the thing. But it got played replayed on the um, on the scoreboard because that's a different feed, and that's right. when you hear the um, crowd all, ooh, you know, um, yeah, yeah, and even. Um, um, Nathan Segura said it that he didn't actually know what had happened until he saw it on the um, on the replay of the, on the scoreboard yeah. replay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. because um, yeah, the, the the live feed or the TV feed wouldn't show it, and like oh, you automatically get suspicious. Like they've shown they've shown as I said compound fractures. They've shown 
you know, nasty dislocations. I mean, they even showed some of the Damar Hamlin stuff. So, you know, right. you've watched a guy who's who's had an unfortunate cardiac event on the field, but you're still showing it on television because, oh, ratings, dollars. Um, right. But then when something's a little bit uh, potentially dubious in its in its um, delivery, you're now going, oh, no, 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 it's not safe for human eyes. Right. Well, yeah. you're just, you're just well, perpetuating the... Um, the, Got to the, protect the uh, certain franchises in this league. That's what they do. And the shield. You know, it's all about protecting yeah, well, the sure. shield. Yeah, sure. yeah. But Jeff, you you make a great point. Um, you know, and one that we really hadn't got to yet. And that this, you know, th- this is horrendous. This is terrible. But this isn't a funeral for Nick Chubb. You know, um, right. we all have to be behind him. Um, we know what he's capable of. We know what he's come back from. We don't know all the details of, of the medical stuff or, or if it's even going to matter when you're a guy like Nick Chubb. So, um, we just have to, we just have to hope for the best for him and, you know, continue believing in him because if anybody's freaking Superman, it's Nick Chubb. Yeah, he, he is. He's one of our, our, and we're very lucky to get him. I, I mean, you know, I feel like he's been sort of almost a calming influence in some of the absolute most tumultuous, you know, recent period. I mean, we've had plenty of tumultuous uh, seasons, but we really do need to almost uh, just have a couple of stiff drinks and move on because if those boys don't get, as I was saying to you before, don't button up that chin strap tomorrow morning, uh, and get their minds right. We're uh, we're going to be looking at one and two, again, and losing to two absolute buckets of trash teams that we should have. We should have. Oh. Yeah. I had a bad feeling to... during the week, but I think that's just my standard Cleveland Browns, you know, <laughs> nerve in my heart that goes, ah, oh, we're stuffed. This is not going to be good. And yeah. then, um, and then, where's the game? Oh, they look sharp in those uniforms, and I've seen plenty of people going super negative on the uniforms and I'm like no 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 I actually tweeted out last night I said no 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 this is this is because we lost if we had a one everyone would love those uniforms even if we had a one ugly a, a w is a w is a w you've got a chance to look sexy in those whites two more times they're a good yeah. looking uniform and we need to you know not blame it on the uniform. <laughs> we got to blame it on the undisciplined players, the poor blocking abilities of our O-line in pass pro, our terrible play calling in both special teams and offense. You know, we can't afford, you're 100% right, uh, uh, Rod, you're 100% right. We can't afford that breakup uh, or that breakdown in communication and having guys moving in the wrong shift with a, a ridiculous 71 or 72 yard throw that shouldn't have been any more than 15 yards long. It's original trajectory. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and they scored minus seven yards in the final quarter and we still lost. I mean, that is just a level of stupidity yeah. and, and statistical anomaly that I don't think will ever be surpassed, except it will probably be surpassed by the Browns. <laughs> Yeah, um, very possible. Very possible. If anyone can do it, we can. <laughs> We're like the little engine that couldn't. Yeah. Right. So, so guys, I, I'm going to do a little bit of uh, 
shameless self-promotion here and um, just share a little something that that I didn't talk about on Twitter, but also um, just mentioned the fact that I actually wrote an article for the first time in well over a month, um, you know, just about Nick Chubb and the emotions and everything um, that uh, has gotten a pretty positive response. And I'm glad that it's, you know, it's touched some people and some people seem to you know, have gotten something out of it. And that's, you know, when I'm writing, um, that's, that's really all I can ask for is that, uh, you know, people get something out of what I write. So, so I appreciate yeah. that. But, um, awesome. the, Very good uh, case. Very well done. Well, I appreciate that. But I just wanted to talk about the title. Um, you know, why we cried Monday night. Um, I gotta tell you guys, I came up with the title before I started writing it and, and, the title was really a slap in the face to all those Pittsburgh Steelers fans that that when I put that tweet out, you know, came back with a little crying emoji or something. Yeah, um, they just don't you know, get it. They don't. Get they, it. they don't get it. Um, and no. I mean, and that's what the article's about is that, um, you know, essentially people. And, and I told some of the Georgia people this, the, the University of Georgia fans. Um, you guys are probably the only ones outside of Cleveland that understand, um, you know, they understand and know who Nick Chubb is and they're hurting just as bad as we are, you know, right now, because they still love the guy. Um, you know, they've been following him. They've never stopped being fans. Um, they might, they might be hurting even worse than us, you know, cause they've followed him that much longer. But mm, other than mm. that, outside of Cleveland, people see the plays of Nick Chubb. They say, man, he's the best pure runner in football, you know, and that's all people know about Nick Chubb outside of Cleveland, probably. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, but man, we just know there's so much more to him. So um, this, you know, I just wanted to put it out. It's pinned on my uh, on my Twitter profile. Um, if you to read tonight, mate. Yeah. For anybody who's uh, who's hurting, struggling with their feelings about it, um, I would hope it would uh, maybe help you sort things out a little bit. So. But, uh, awesome. but yeah, let's um, let's get um, I really don't want to talk a ton about the Titans game. We've talked about it and who the Titans are and everything. So just kind of maybe some thoughts from you guys as to how you think the Browns will rebound in this game, if they'll rebound. And, um, you know, maybe uh, I don't know. I mean, what what do you guys expect out of? out of Kareem Hunt, you think he's even going to play in this game? I don't know. Jeff, what are your thoughts on this game? I wouldn't expect a lot out of him, Rod. I mean, every other team in the league passed on him. Um, I think, you know, this, as I mentioned, is is a signing for more sentimental and motivational reasons than productivity. Which is fine um, with me. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um if if you know he can provide that leadership component, um, and and you know be the guy that that energizes the rest of the running back room, um, then absolutely you know well done. Um, I, but no, I do I expect him to be our feature back? Absolutely not. Um, you know, could he rush for two or three hundred yards this year? Yeah, probably uh, yeah. because he's going to spell the other guys that we have. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like we signed, you know, 2018 Kareem Hunt. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. he's, he's on the downside of his career at this point. And, 
you know, we're just looking for that leadership element. And, and you know, anything that, that can, to, to David's point, that can get this team in the right headspace, um, we've got to do it because the games just keep coming. And you can't afford to take weeks to dig yourself out of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so David, what do what are your thoughts on this game? Where you think the team is, and kind of what what you expect out of the backs? Well, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think I think we might see Kareem this week. From reports, he had three offers on the table, and he not and he knocked them back. There was plenty of teams, obviously, that possibly believed the press that you know, oh, it looks like he's lost a step, and all that sort of stuff which at 28 running backs and receivers seem to do. And that's, and that's fine. It's also because, you know, in their previous lives, they've been um, pounded and, you know, there isn't a lot of tread left on the tyres, as we say in the, right. in the, class, in the classics. Um, maybe this, you know, this eight months off that he's had has um, not so much got him back a step, but maybe just had time to heal every one of those nicks and, Things that he's had and been carrying. Hopefully, he's had all the surgeries he needs. Um, he's been training. I'm hoping you know he's going to come back in in good nick. If he comes back in good nick, he could be very good on on third downs and you know when when Jerome needs a break. Um, so you know I, I I could see him quite easily having a couple of very big games. It's not out of the realms of possibility. I mean, we, you know, we, I know it's a number of years removed from when he was, uh, you know, RB1 at Kansas City and won the running back, you know, won the yards title and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, once it's once you've got it, you know, you can lose bits of it, but I'm hoping that he hasn't lost too much of it. So, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I just, I just hope because they need to get it on track, as I was saying. You know, we need our miles to be miles again because he certainly wasn't on a Monday night. We need uh, that D to keep on Ding because they've been such a joy to watch and they're just so powerful and, and yeah. you know, it doesn't look like anyone can stop them. So hopefully Kareem can, you know, maybe get some of, spend a bit of time in their room and pick up some of their, you know, ether and then take it back into the running back room and, and really support Jerome Ford and help the kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've got hopes, but on, you know, they are fading because my lack of faith in Stefanski is is growing. Yeah, this is a this yeah. is a game that that our offense should be able to figure it out in, Rod. Um, I mean, I like our defense matching up against the Titans' offense. I think they can slow Derrick Henry down. I think mm-hmm. they can probably force Ryan Tannehill into some unfavorable things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like our defense's ability to to control the game against you know the better of their two units, um, and you know I hope that we can figure out offensively how to actually score points. I mean we 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 figured out first downs, we figured out you know how to run the ball. Let's figure out how to actually score points on offense and, and hang on and, to the ball and not give the other team points with our offense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because we need to figure that out this week. I mean, we've got two really tough games on either side of the bye coming up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think 
you know, coming out of these first four, five games with a couple of wins, um, you know, was initially we thought was, well, that's, that's probably minimum acceptable level, but we're probably not going to be able to do a hell of a lot better than that. Right. We, we didn't have the Bengals yeah. game down as a win. Right. Um, you know, we, we knew the first few games were going to be tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, but well, but we wanted you know, we, two out of the first four, right? But know? but this one is you know this one is an eminently winnable game, and we just need to get our collective heads out of our collective asses, and and make it happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, um, and without sounding too stupid here because I'm, I'm as big a Nick Chubb fan as anybody else and he is a huge loss to the team but in you know in his absence I like the running back room that they've assembled um, you know to to at least you know um, be able to to run the ball and hopefully do some things for the team so I'm, I'm not um, worried at all about us being able to run the ball right I no, mean, this, no. this offensive line can can run block. Um, right, we, we can rip off six yards a carry against anybody. I think um, it's it's everything else that scares the hell out of me. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I want to say Moore this without 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 making you know, it sound like I don't think Nick Chubb was important to this team because you know yeah maybe we can do six now when Nick could have done eight you know right. Um, it's it's a step back when you lose Nick Chubb, no matter who you have. But right, I, I like what Jerome Ford can do. Um, you know, I think Pierre Strong is going to help this team um, over the course of the season. And and I like bringing in Kareem Hunt for the exact reasons that you talked about, Jeff. And if they if if they get some some good games, some good plays out of them, like like David said, then then it's you know it it's a win definitely a win so right. uh, let's hope uh we weren't even sure that amari cooper was going to play in the monday night game and he had seven receptions for 90 yards he okay. thank goodness he did he was he was the one showing he was on that he was the only reliable guy <laughs> i mean even the joke fumbles and i'm like really david really yeah um Guys, Amari Cooper is, I mean, he is next to Nick Chubb because, you know, nobody's Nick Chubb. He is just the most professional guy, you know, maybe, maybe that you maybe put him on the same level for professionalism, but he is just a professional. Um, I look at him, I just see a guy who could have played in any era and been comfortable, you know? Um, you know, he could have played in the 1950s and he would have played the same way. Um, mm -hmm. He just, uh, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Amari Cooper. Um, you know, uh, sure, is he going to throw a bad pass once in a while? Um, <laughs> come on, guys, that was... Oh, no, that's right. That's right. He had that horrible. He's, he's he had that horrible pass that's been that's stricken like, from the playbook. But, right. but yeah, I mean, you know, every receiver drops a ball here and there, but Amari Cooper's as yeah. professional as they come, as steady as they come. Um, man, he, yeah. he is 
you know, people can talk about the other receivers. Amari Cooper, until he is not a Cleveland Brown, he is going to be either the best or the receiver that you trust the most on this team yep. forever. Yep. Don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys want to give score predictions? Why not? Should we? Sure. Why not? So, David, you are the guest, as you're well aware. Uh, what, what kind of score do you see for this, uh, for this Titans game? Well, the last time we did this was um, before the uh, preseason game, I think. It was against Washington, wasn't it? Yeah. And I got Anderson. every single thing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then you fit in so well with us. That's right. That's why we like you, David. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> you show Thanks. Us up. <laughs> well, that's, that's it, yeah. I love you, Blakes, too. Yeah, make me look like the clown. Um, okay. All right. I think this has to be the one. This has to be it. Deshaun, 300 yards, uh, 21 of 28 for about 300 yards, two TDs, no picks, and 40 yards rushing. The first TD will go to Amari Cooper um, in the left corner of the end zone. Left, left rear corner of the end zone. Wow. Uh, and the good guys will win 35-18. So David's going with the over. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even look at the numbers, Jeff. What what's the uh, what's the spread well, on this I, game? Well, I saw uh, that the Browns were three and a half point favorites, and the over under was uh, down to forty one or forty one and a half. Okay. All right. I'm trying so, to channel my Jediness. <laughs> so, yeah. So David's got really the over. <laughs> He's got the over, and yeah, um, Jeff. Jeff, what do you got? Well, yeah, um, this will come again as a surprise to no one, but I'm going to go with the under. Um, I, I just think our offense is is in a quagmire right now, and and I'm I'm hoping that we score enough to to beat a, a, a really clearly inferior Titans team, um, and I think our defense will keep us in the game. Um, we're, we're averaging 23 points a game uh, in the first two. Um, so I'm going to go with 23 for us. Um, the defense has only given up 15 points uh, or yeah, 15 points in two games. Um, but I think the offense will probably give up some points again uh, this week. So I'm going to give the Titans more credit than they deserve. And I'm going to say the final score is going to be 23, 17. Um, I'm still looking for Juan Thornhill to do something big. Thornhill with a big play. Got to happen. Okay. All right, guys. I'm I'm going to continue the trend and go lower and lower in the score here. Um, I just I feel like the Browns' defense is going to keep playing really well, but but yeah, is the offense going to turn the ball over and give the Titans three or seven points? Uh, good possibility, but I have the Browns winning seventeen to ten. 
until I see this offense start to put it together, right. I'm not going to predict 30 points again. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, um, 17 to 10, and uh, um, I think, uh, believe it or not, I think Kareem's going to score a touchdown in this game. Jeez. Okay. From the one yard line, you know, it, it's going <laughs> to. He's going to get put in. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, they're going to have a play, and, and Ford's going to come out, and I think Kareem's going to go out there and and score from like the one. I think they're going to try to use him in short yardage, and I think it's going to happen. Rushing or receiving? Um, it's going to be rushing. Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to narrow that down to left or right, just so you're as specific as David? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, if he's rushing, it's it's going to be to the right, I would think. Okay. Definitely to the right, behind off the right, behind right the tack, big boys. Off right tack. I'm writing this yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm I'm writing it down too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to be. Yeah, he's going to run behind. Uh, yeah, behind all the big boys. Uh, behind uh, James Hudson at fullback. Um, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I did I did quite enjoy that though, week one that when Hutto turned around going, Throw me the ball, throw me the ball. No, Hutto, not for you, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well at least we had a little bit of fun tonight. Yeah. Um, and guys if Kareem scores on a touchdown like that, um you know, it it, it would just be huge for the team. Um yep. you know. So. You will hear a collective sigh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I'm talking a good side, you know, like there's obviously there's a lot going on with and we haven't really even touched on that yet, you know, in regards to Deshaun's throwing. I yeah. am starting to be of the opinion I think he's done. And it's really interesting. Someone brought brought up a comment the other other day. Actually, I think it was um, uh, Jay um, on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show said that he'd been talking to some of his friends in the text group. And one of them said, Deshaun is like Tiger Woods post the Melbourne visit. Well, they didn't say Melbourne visit, but this is where it all unraveled. Post the Melbourne visit where all the cheating came out, the car crash, the golf club incident with the wife, all that sort of stuff, and his, and his game unraveled. And mm-hmm. they, they sort of mm-hmm. likened it to that. And I stopped and had to think for a second, and I went, Actually, you're 100 percent right. That is that is a fairly good analogy for what seems to be transpiring. That there's a lot he said. I mean, those two 15-yard penalties are absolutely egregious on his behalf, but yeah. they are showing someone that again would probably need to listen to some parabolic mic stuff that was coming off the sidelines with the first one. It's, it's inexcusable for a quarterback to do that, though. Don't get me wrong; it's absolutely inexcusable for a quarterback to do that. Um, you're supposed to be the leader of the team and you're supposed to be the one that's always in control because that's what your job is. You, you essentially have the most important job in all of professional sport and you're throwing your hands around like you're in a UFC fight. No, unacceptable. Um, you know, you got voted a captain for a reason. Lead by example. Don't be doing stupid shit like that because that's just detrimental to the team and like you know that cost us 30 yards that's 30 yards of our our um 80 81 or 85 Pittsburgh only had 31 yards in their total in their total penalties 
Yeah. Five yeah. for thirty-one. I think I, I saw just in the stats a second ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, five for thirty-one. Right. You know, we had eighty-one Much, yards uh, on eight, and thirty of them were, were both on bloody Deshaun. We're going to be in a much more friendly environment um, this week. Uh, home crowd, home cooking. Uh, composure should be the last thing we have to worry about. Yeah, I would agree. Well, we have we have we have we have experienced something called bottle gate, Jeff. <laughs> That's the fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. There's another. There's another. The there's players. Another one the, why. The, the players are always composed. As, I never, I mean, I never worry about that. The, the fans, you, you know, the fans are going to lose their composure every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. true oh, true. yeah. yeah. It's, that, yeah. it's that five hours of tailgating. Um, I, uh, but uh, five, yeah, I think, that's, I, I think you, can, you can chalk that. When I went through my, uh, my, my little rant earlier in regards to all the egregious stuff that's happened to Cleveland. I forgot Bottlegate, you know, what tipped that off? What happened there, you know? <laughs> the only time the NFL has ever called back a play after two plays have right. unfolded. Right. Like, they went against their own rules. They made up their own new rules. Make, make it up as you're going along. They'll do that for the Browns. Yeah. Oh, I know. They'll do that I for know. the Browns anytime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they won't, they won't do it for anyone else. They didn't do it for the, the Saints when um, that PI happened in the, the NFC game leading into the Super Bowl that year. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. There's a thousand of them. We can, I can probably rattle off 992 of them because <laughs> I, I carry yeah. that load. I carry that load like a true Clevelander. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? Right. That's the difference. You were talking before about, you know, lousy Steeler fans. There, there are crappy fans in every fan base. Okay. There are. But it's, a hell of a lot easier to be a Steeler fan than it is to be a Browns fan. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I could and have turned turned to be a Steelers fan in '99 when when the Browns left the league. I could never be a Ravens fan because I was I was as furious as as anybody was um, at Art Modell, and you know it just he just he, he looks like a you know, a used car salesman in a lot of those photos with that big jacket and all that stuff. That's how I sort of, I sort of almost um, Cadillac Man mm-hmm. or whatever it was that movie with a used car salesman. Um, but um, I was playing in '96, '97. I was actually playing for a team called the Steelers, with the Southeastern Suburb Steelers here in Melbourne. You know, I've, I've still got my number 56 jersey that I wore when I was playing because the girl got me the wrong number. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I could have quite easily. But I've, I've given away, apart from my playing jerseys, which are mine, and my helmet, which are mine because I wore them and played in them, um, I've given away all my other Steelers stuff as soon as, as soon as the Browns came back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My three kids, when they, every morning that they were, the mornings that they were born, there's a photo of me holding my newborns in 2009, 2013, and 2019, all wearing different Browns T-shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have given up. We could have all given up. We could have right. easily gone to gone to Cincinnati, or, or sorry, um, Northern Kentucky, and or 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 Pittsburgh, because I don't think anyone would have. I mean, I think we've made mention of this before, Rod uh, uh, um, and Jeff, when we've talked about when we've had chats in the past. The bloke uh, who I I genuinely admired, and I always forget his name, Steve, who got fined many a time for wearing Browns. 
um, headbands and all the other stuff. The I think it was a defensive tackle that went to uh, um, Baltimore as part of the the move. Um, who, who got um, got fined for wearing Brown's uniform while he was in a Ravens uniform? That's so Steve that, Everett. That's the one. I always forget his surname. Yeah, Steve Everett. Center. Yeah, yeah. No, o line. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, my mistake. He's a center. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so I just need to see something from this. I need to see Stefanski, like I said earlier, he's, he's killing me. I think he's killing us all slowly. <laughs> um, and, and, we, yeah. we, and I try to remain positive, as, you know, but there's just time, there's breaking points. Yeah. And I think, we're just, I think yeah. we're just about there again, you know, and it probably kills oh. us too that Baker's doing so well in, uh, in Tampa. Yeah, we weren't going to bring um, that up. That's a topic for another show. Let's leave <laughs> oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. That, that's yeah. fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I think Stefanski and and, uh, and Watson are too. Um, you know, I mean, everybody's got their their limit as to when they think you know things should be going well, and you know, I think uh, you know we'll we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with with Deshaun and. And, uh, you know, whether you like Stefanski or not or think he, you know, or think we need somebody else or somebody doing part of the job or whatnot. Um, we're still the way I look well, at good. it. It's we're, we're two games in and we just played the Steelers in Pittsburgh and nothing ever goes right there. And that's not an excuse. We, you know, the Browns <laughs> still should have won that game. It's but a man, historical was, fact. <laughs> was there one single bounce that went the Browns way in that game, you know, and, and again, I mean, you, you I, only, the, only the, uh, only the, the PBU that Denzel Ward nearly stepped That was up. it. Yeah, that was it. So that was it, you know, and, and that was another statistic that came out at the start of the year that the bounce probability usually comes back to a mean, you know, one year you'll have a good year, one year you'll have a bad year. The Browns have had right. six bad years in a row. And like, this is weird stuff that, <laughs> This is my this is my 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 weird little brain that picks up all these weird little stats that, that I can't spit them out, you know, uh, um, chronologically or, or or you know with 100% accuracy. But these people have been talking about you know because I listen to so many different podcasts and read so many different articles. Um, uh, they were talking about yeah the bounce probability that someone it's not PFF because they're terrible. I don't know why we keep always harking back to PFF because, you know, the, they downgrade a player when you don't even know what the play is. You know what I mean? Or you up, upgrade yeah. a player just because they happen to catch a good ball. Well, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, but, you know, they were talking about um, the bounce probabilities from one of the, the stats people. They went back something like 15 years and they went through the medium, what what you consider a, a fair bounce, you know, like a, a, a catch, like what we saw on, on, on Monday night, the the – Tight end catches it behind the line of scrimmage, takes four steps forward. When that ball bounces, how many times does it bounce left? How many times does it bounce right? Does it bounce straight up? Is there an opposition player within cooey of it? Da 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 da. And they've worked it out that something like for the last six or seven years, it hasn't come back to the medium for the Browns. It's always gone against the Browns. So that's crazy. You know, whilst, whilst whilst we 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 get oh, yeah. fun poked at us, oh, that's just the Browns mentality. It's actually got some statistical data behind it. That is what, watch how the punts bounced. Just watch yes, the, the even, Steelers punts. Yes, yes, it was yes, insane. Yes, even mathematics is is against us. It's it's crazy. Yes. 
It is. It is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it's incredible. So. And, 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 for oh somebody, and for somebody who, who sort of, after reading a, a number of the holy books, uh, has become a bit more agnostic in his older years, I'm starting to go, there must be a football god that really doesn't like us. Did someone throw a bottle at the football god and hit him in the head? Or her? Or them? Or they? Whatever pronoun <laughs> they want like to use. It, so. You know? Uh, so, yeah. yeah. To, to, to constantly go, yeah, you're right, I'm Percy. Yeah. And I'm sure at one point he was munching on a cheeseburger while he did a punt and the punt went out of the two-yard line. How? No. No, that's not even possible. Yeah. Um, yeah whereas Bill so, Hawkes, who's got a beautiful strike of the ball, was like someone put Vaseline on his bootlaces and it just was like, and it wasn't even raining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like yeah. Yeah, it's just, just the way I used to be able to kick at 40, 45 metres in Aussie rules football. Oh. And... Um, which is slightly rounder. It's a bit more of a – it's a rounder, more egg shape or more oval shape. Yeah. It doesn't have the points on it. And then when I took up American football, I, I was one of the punters. Um, and you certainly learn because we played with college balls, so they're a little bit fatter than the uh, NFL ball. Um, but if you hit it at the belly, geez, you can get it going. You can get a, if you get a nice spiral on it um, – and we were lucky enough when I was playing that um, – Three Aussie rules footballers were training with us at our team because our head coach was the state head coach. And one of them just happened to be uh, a bloke that uh, you've all heard of, Darren Bennett, um, used to train with us. And he had the most beautiful strike of a ball. And I must say, mm. all kudos to that that Percy, the, uh, the Steelers punter, because... He does have a very nice strike of the ball. I was joking about any Steelers fans that listen to this, don't come at me about the cheeseburger. It was just a joke. We're trying to lighten things up at the end of the show. We've got a very deep and dark show. <laughs> we don't I was get just a, trying to talk a about ton the of Steelers fans listening. We don't get a ton know, of Steelers fans listening. But I, I'm just I do my ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I do need to say this, though. You know, I, I talked about the tweet and the Steelers fans coming after me and, you know, and, the, and, the, and things like that. Guys, the reaction from the crowd at the game was nothing but respectful toward Nick Chubb. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's it's not like all Steelers fans are are bad, and and we know this. So no, of course, uh, we we never we never put that out. Um, we all, we have respect for everybody who you know everybody who is our you know who's respectful and you know and and. And doesn't come out calling names and things like this. So you know, as long no, as you're, certainly. as long as you're just uh, a fan and can and be conversational and things and respect the players, then then we don't we don't have a problem with anybody who's a football fan. So no, absolutely not. No. So we're gonna have to you're gonna have to check your Twitter though and see if Deshaun's blocked you. Apparently, he's going on a blocking spree. Well, I sure, I sure ha- haven't said anything to, to no, I don't, I don't a blocking, I wouldn't has. think. Yeah, but but uh, then again, I find people who have blocked me, you know, here and there. And, I'm, you know, uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't – you can't worry about it. There's a lot of people on Twitter. So if, if a couple people block you, it's no big deal. I've certainly blocked a few people in the past few days. I, I will admit to that. So. No, that's right. Well, yeah. M- MKC blocked me in about 47 minutes of joining Twitter because she had posted something that was egregiously wrong and didn't like being pointed out about it. But anyway, and that was that was six or seven years ago. So uh, I, I wore that with a badge of honor. Then I found out, you know, of most people, most people have been blocked by her because – um, she didn't I, like being called out with their inaccuracies. Yeah, I've never tried to interact. So, anyways, uh, 
yeah so guys let's um let's get some closing thoughts and and close up here we could probably talk all night so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, we, get, if we go three hours nobody's listening to this thing you know that. <laughs> so. it's just right. us talking to dead space <laughs> so uh so david closing thoughts um nick chubb or, or uh, other things whatever you whatever you'd like to say in closing just that i hope he makes a speedy recovery whether or not he plays football again you know in the grand scheme of the universe is, is really little um, I want him to have his health. I want him to be able to lead a, 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 a valuable life, you know, away from the gridiron. Um, uh, he's got respect, you know, league-wide, if not worldwide, for people who are familiar with the game. Um, that's all you can ask. We, of course, we wanted him to see him in, in you know, several years in, a, in the potential of wearing a gold jacket. Of course, we wanted that for him. But his, mm-hmm. his mental health... And his physical health, really, at this point in today's juncture, where he's looking at two potentially two surgeries for, to rectify this knee, um, I can only hope that it all goes well and and he gets to lead a relatively normal life post it all. And we just need the Browns to wake up, like like Jeff said a number of times, get their heads yeah. out of their butts, yeah, and do what they're paid to do play football at a bloody high level so that we can actually be proud of this team for the first time in 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, uh, closing thoughts. Well, we knew it was going to be a tough start to the schedule. Um, We were concerned about how this thing set up for us out of the gate, knowing that the offense was probably going to struggle in, in the early going. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that, you know, our offense is not firing on all cylinders at this point. Um, you want to be playing your best football in December. And this year sets up for us to be able to do that. We just have to get there. We have to survive long enough to get there. We have to keep guys healthy enough. We have to hang on with, with our, our fingertips to, you know, not – not throw the baby out with the bathwater right now. This team's going to play better as the season goes on. We've got to get through this rough stretch. Um, the next few games are, are, are going to be tough. Um, but then we're going to play three dome games. We're going to play against some clearly weaker teams where we can stack some wins. It's going to get better. Just hang on, fans. Yeah, for me in closing, guys, um, we've we've almost made a joke about the fact that we've talked about Nick Chubb on this podcast every week, uh, just because we lo- we love him so much. Um, you know, we we've laughed about it um, because we we've just always wanted to bring you know find a way to bring him up because he's just such a special player and because everybody loves him. You know, I mean. You know, I go back to the thing about uh, Marilyn Monroe and they say that, you know, um, something about the fact that everybody loved Marilyn Monroe and everybody thought, you know, that that she was special just to them or whatever. Everybody that met her fell in love with her. And it's kind of like Nick Chubb is, you know, almost like that type of person for us in Cleveland, you know, and um, we just... We just have to, um, you know, support him and and hope for the best and continue to pray for him and, um, you know, never give up on Nick Chubb because 
um, I mean, he, he's our Superman, guys, and I have faith in him. So, um, but amen. We, amen. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.